0: Welcome to the Curiosity Chamber. All right, and we're live. Elaine Hathaway. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jay.
0: Not to be confused with uh, Anne Hathaway, correct? How many times have you heard that?
1: Uh, Almost daily at this stage because, oddly enough, we vaguely resemble each other. I look like I could be her older relative.
0: (laughs) Maybe you guys should do a DNA test or something. Maybe there's something there, huh?
1: Oh, exactly. Maybe in a parallel universe, we're actually sisters. (laughs)
0: Oh, I like that. (laughs) Well, it's better than my name, which is Jay Baroni, and not to be confused with Jabroni, which was a a frequently used insult uh, in the WWF. The Rock always said, listen here, Jabroni, and uh, I had to deal with that for my entire life. So. Yeah,
1: you know what i don't i think even if you had the name mary smith people would figure out some way to twist it and try it into <laughs> an insult because man it's just part of our culture <laughs>
0: That's the most generic name right <laughs> they'll figure exactly. out something
1: exactly <laughs> and ask people if they came with a black and white label to go along with that
0: <laughs> listen elaine i have a confession i have a confession for you and this is the uh the first time this has ever happened um <laughs> I, I let everyone know on the podcast I did yesterday that I was going to be speaking with you, and I don't know exactly what you do.
1: That is no problem whatsoever. Well, you, I, um... Let me
0: let me elaborate a little bit so you're like, well, what the hell? You're like You invited me on the show. Why don't you know what I do?
1: No, I have a podcast as well. And like, sincerely, I've booked guests where it's like, this is how they describe themselves. And I have no idea what that entails.
0: Here's what happened. So I was on podcast guests and whoever I I feel like is interesting and would be a good fit on the show. I'll write a a couple sentences and invite it. like I'll I'll send the email your way. And I won't go into a deep dive of research until they accept the interview. And once they accept, then I'll go back on their page and I'll start doing research and come up with a bunch of questions. But what had happened is you accepted the interview. I went to go back on your page and the page was gone. And then I started trying to do some Google searches to look up Elaine Hathaway. And the only thing that was coming up was Anne Hathaway everywhere? So yeah, I'm like, no, All that right. that
1: can happen. You have to search under at the Rising Moon. So, and um, my my PR agent had changed my bio. So you're the second person that I heard that from, and I will let her <laughs> oh, yeah. know. It's if you requested an interview from the first bio, when you go back, that bio page is going to be gone because she <laughs> yes, yeah, see you later. Bio. The exactly. only thing I know about I don't you is exist. That, I'm a great mystery. It's you've you've asked a spy on. I, now you've blown my cover, Jay. But like, oh, it'll, I'm it'll sorry.
0: Okay. We'll uh, we'll sorry. edit this part out. The only thing I know about you is that you have a hit of the OCD and you're a morning person. I think that's the um, I, only thing true. I know about By you. our
1: exchange, you found out that I have a trauma-based form <laughs> yeah. of OCD, and I double-check absolutely everything. So here, let me tell you what I do. I'm First Please. of all, I'm a tarot card reader. Okay, I have yeah, a yeah. podcast called Logical Magic Examining Esoterica. I have a YouTube channel called Cronecast at the Rising Moon, where I do tarot pick-a-cards and explain tarot quite a bit. And then I'm also a psychic healer. And then I'm also an energy healer, and I'm also a channeler. And then I also teach magic because I practice celestial and angelic magic. So I think the reason that my bio drew you in was you were just like witchy poo. (laughs) Let's ask witchy poo on and see if she's going to conjure something. But for the most part, what I do is I use tarot, which is about a 600-year-old divination art to look into people's past, present, and future. So if you understand your past, you can help understand why you make the decisions you make and the choices that you make that shape your future. And it helps heal your ability to make better choices going forward so that you get better outcomes. And I also teach people how to manifest more of the reality that they want and how to cure more at least manage complex post traumatic stress disorder and post traumatic stress disorder. So I do a lot of things.
0: I guess so. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing um,
1: <laughs> that long, exhausted <laughs> list. <laughs> Maybe they took my bio down for length. <laughs>
0: well, I have a much better idea of what you do now. So thank you. And um, how the hell do you get started in that? Were you like in sixth grade one time? You're like, "Yo, uh, uh, so bet so come here dude. into the science class. Let me, let me try and so read so your fun. rib cage." <laughs>
1: I you're, you're very close to exactly what happened when I was in sixth grade. Now, I had a really, really abusive childhood, like and I talk about it simply to let people know you can absolutely overcome incredibly traumatic backstories. Um, uh, and my grandmother who was a raging alcoholic and was the person that I lived with liked to smoke in bed and she accidentally set the house on fire. She didn't realize it. And she moved to the other end of the house so that I was upstairs with the fire and she was safe. I don't think she did it intentionally on any conscious level, but she was a deeply unhappy person. And apparently in a mattress fire, it will smoke tremendously. And even the firefighters were like, we have no idea how you're alive. Nobody wakes up. And what had happened was I was dreaming that I was sitting next to somebody smoking a big cigar and I get then like, they kept blowing smoke in my face and I would, I didn't want to wake up because I was like 12 years old and I was deeply, deeply asleep. And I heard a voice saying, Elaine, wake up, Elaine, wake up. And then something seemed to pull me out of my bed. I hit the floor hard enough to wake me up. And I heard Elaine, wake up. The house is on fire. And that is how I got into being a channeler. Now I didn't do it for a long time. But I, I had this very, like I said, abusive childhood, and I spent a lot of time alone. And I was always aware that there seemed to be something kind of guiding my choices. It's not the same thing as schizophrenia. It never told me to do anything. I just always felt very, very protected. And I had multiple instances like that where something literally kind of seemed to intervene and save my life, including a head-on car accident when I was 27 years old that put me in a wheelchair for like four months as really bad but it could have been a lot worse. I should not be here um, as badly broken bones healed. And so I started reading tarot in college with my college roommate. She was a cocktail waitress at a bar in Passaic, New Jersey, which like that takes toughness. Real, oh, real toughness. For sure. She got into tarot cards because there was a tarot card reader there and we started reading together and we were terrible. We were so bad at it because all we cared about at that particular stage in our lives at like 18 years old were like dudes. Um, I, <laughs> Hell yeah. moved, and like, you know, and like so every single card had something to do with a guy as far as That's we knew the right real way. dark art. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, actually when I moved to Colorado, I got myself my own deck and I taught myself how to read and I've read in some capacity ever since. And so that's how I got into that. And then when I was going through a divorce um, several years ago, I just started reading uh, like almost every day and realized the cards would tell me every single day what was going to happen and like how to fight a divorce battle and all kinds of things. And I had been practicing magic from about the age of 20 on And I practice a form of Enochian magic. It is not Enochian magic, by the way, which is from the Book of Enoch. And it deals with celestial and angelic figures. So I go through the archangels who are all assigned an element. And I'm connected most to the energy of air, which is the Archangel Gabriel, which is the spirit of communication. And when people come to me, they get messages about their life's purpose because I'm what is called a crossroads guide. So how does somebody get into that? Like you're incredibly isolated and live in a world where I could both be very grounded, but always in another space as well, because I kept myself company all the time. And uh, because I guess I was very, very unsafe from the age of zero up, um, I seem to have some kind of guardian around me. But, you know, for all that, I'm one of the most grounded and practical people around. And so it makes for a good balance. And for anybody doing divination, please remember the 3D counts too. stay firmly grounded in the 3D. When you go for a tarot reading, ask things like, what do I need to know? Because it will help you, again, heal what you need to heal so that you can get better outcomes and then you can manifest the life that you're hoping for more easily.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that you got into it by uh, you know, hanging out at Spencer's Gifts a lot. <laughs> no,
1: no, not. no <laughs> I, I'm not a witchy aesthetic girl. I'm uh was born. Um, oddly enough, if you are familiar with the Salem witch trials, I am oh, actually hell yeah, yeah I love I'm, a, I'm a descendant of Rebecca Nurse, who was the no oldest hung. Um, yeah. <laughs> hanged. The oldest Whoa. witch hanged, and mainly because she had ten children who survived, and as witnessed by her last name, Um, She was actually a healer. And so it seems to be something that's in my actual literal bloodline as well. And that was a very long time ago, and all sorts of different influences came in, including my Scottish mother, my mother's from Scotland and her people are like you know coal mining folk and they are the hardiest toughest human beings in the world like you pretty much have to kill all of my scottish relatives to get them to die because they they're like they're eternal as far as we know and so i have weird celtic magic from one side and then i just have that you know ancestral tie To having been, you know, mainly what happened with the Salem Witch Trials is that like they went against, you know, following all the rules. So they were the rebels and they were the people who, you know, poor Rebecca Nurse was just like a 72 year old lady who was deaf and didn't even really understand what they were accusing her of. Hanged her anyway, because they were trying to, as religions so often do, control the population in general and subjugate the women in particular
0: yeah what so a crazy I, I time i literally
1: have it in my dna
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty cool to hear that that uh the salem whole thing the witch trial is just such a a barbaric thing that they were literally on a witch hunt and to see if these women were witches they would you know essentially hold them underwater until they died or lit them on fire and you know um, actually obviously hanged. they died there oh hanged. i guess they weren't a witch
1: they, they were hanged, but you're actually correct that they would do things like, you know, you know, throw people in if they throw them into water. And if they drowned, then they weren't a witch. And if they came up then they were, which is like, you know, it's like there's yeah, no one yeah. there. You're dying either way. Um, and, the, and oddly enough, there were men that were killed in the Salem witch trials as well. And again, they were all hanged. Um, it was actually in Tudor, England, when you're thinking of people like uh, uh, Mary, Mary Tudor, Mary, Bloody Mary Tudor. Um, she burned people at the stake and they were considered Anabaptists, which were Protestant believers. And they, they, she burned a lot of people. She, during her rule, which was thankfully not all that long, she burned a lot of people. And then her successor, Queen Elizabeth the, the first um, was very against burning people because you know what, uh, 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 everything else aside, bad PR, bad PR.
0: yeah it goes without saying that so bloody mary is that where it comes from where like you stand in front of the mirror and you say bloody mary three times
1: yeah that's bloody mary Tudor.
0: that's one thing that scared the hell out of me like i I still can't do that to this day i cannot look in the mirror at myself in a dark room and repeat those words i just freak out
1: well, there's, remember, intent behind words does actually perform something. It does help shape the energy around you. So whenever you're doing those, you know, stiff as a board, light as a feather, yeah. yeah. tutor things, you're calling on programmed energy, and it does actually help open up a portal. So if, it, if you've had an experience where you're like, yeah, I'm not that much of a believer, but we did this thing of the sleepover, and I have never slept the same since. Oh, it's yeah. because you are actually... Uh, repetition and intent behind it creates a form of magic. So you are opening a portal and to anybody here who's listening, if you've ever played with a Ouija board, if you've ever screwed around with tarot boards, oh, do, Lord, do Lord. yourself our um, Ouija boards, do yourself a favor and get a smudge spray or Palo Santo or sage in order to clear the space afterwards. Cause you have actually opened up some energetic areas and when you look into an area, something can look back. And some of the worst, like, you know, hauntings and poltergeist things start out with somebody being like, we got a Ouija board and everybody played with it. And then we don't know why the refrigerator started talking to us at midnight about how it was going to kill the dog.
0: It's common, isn't it? Like You, you hear <laughs> it too often. Common. They open that Ouija board and, and shit starts going sideways, like pretty, pretty much it. immediately after.
1: And, and me and like there's there was a cute little meme on TikTok where like this very good looking, frankly, white guy is like striding down the street, looks over and there's an abandoned Ouija board. And underneath it it is says the start of every horror movie. Oh, I should take this with me. Sure. <laughs> and he goes to like, you know, reenact the conjuring.
0: <laughs> no, thanks. I'm OK. I'd rather just, you know watch football on sunday instead of yes <laughs>
1: yeah, the 3d matters and frequently has ghouls <laughs> and demons so there's not
0: what about people who um I- i'm sure you're familiar with this people who are sleeping and they get sleep paralysis and they always claim to like see a, a demon hovering over them like wh- what's what can be the cause of that like do uh dream catchers open up some kind of portal Um, Dream catchers are actually
1: supposed to kind of like, you know, think of it as a like a net that you skim the pool with. They are actually supposed to catch things that are against you and to help you manifest your dreams. So they're actually supposed to be like basically uh, screens on a portal so that the bad stuff does not get to you. So here's what happens when you're dreaming. You move into a different state of consciousness, meaning that, hey, when you know, when you're asleep, you think that world is real. And it is to your sleeping subconscious mind. And just as there are, when we talk about other dimensions, which this is not woo-woo science, this is MIT science where we understand we do not understand the structure of time so that many things can be happening at once and that there is something beyond the third dimension. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean there aren't forms of life there that can then interact with our dimension. Just like we can touch a piece of paper and interact with things that are two-dimensional, there is a real possibility that energetic beings that feed off of our energy can interact with us, particularly when we're not in this grounded, when I keep talking about the 3D mattering the most, in this grounded state in the 3D where you have a reality base to touch upon. When you are asleep, your reality base is kind of loosened and softened. And so things that want to interject an energy into you to produce a particular energy so that they can then kind of like the, think of yourself as a battery that something is using, that you, somebody is putting you in their remote control as a battery. And that's what can happen when you're asleep. And so there are forms of like, you know, again, talk about clearing on my channel. I just put up a recipe for a smudge spray that does not have Palo or sage in it because both are endangered and both are integral to indigenous people's belief systems. So whenever possible, use things like lavender, rosemary, juniper to clear. It's just as effective and it does. And they're not endangered at all. So what you have to do if you're experiencing really weird things like that, One of the things I tell people to do, and I just did one last night because I've been helping to remove an attachment from somebody, it's called a salt bowl. And you take a, just a plain glass bowl. I always prefer it to be clear, but it does not need to be. Fill it three quarters of the way with, if you have spring water, that's best, but tap water will do as well. Let it sit out for at least 12 hours and the um, all the additives in it have a tendency to dissipate and purify it more. And then you hold it in your hands, just like in the law of manifestation where they tell you to charge things with a particular energy. You hold it in your hands and you ask that your subconscious space, your unconscious space, and all forms of your consciousness be protected as you sleep. You hold it in your hands to charge it. And then you take a tablespoon of sea salt and put it in there, again, charging it to clear your psychic space. You put it in there and you can either use fresh cranberries on the top of it or you can use the rind of a lemon. And you put it right next to the top of your bed or right underneath where your head would rest. So underneath the bed. And that is supposed to help. Detach anything that is attached to you, either through generational work, which their generational trauma is frequently part of a generational curse, which is a a perpetuating energy brought about usually by karma, but sometimes by practitioners. And that will start kind of like, you know, think of it as weeding your garden. It won't take away your dreams, but it'll get the crap out. And then in the morning, you take that water and you throw away the lemon or the cranberries and you pour the water into the ground. And that is supposed to, grounding energy is supposed to take away anything, which is why you're supposed to, if you have a Ouija board that's misbehaving, please do not burn it. (laughs) That releases things, but you can bury it. Now, please remember salted water will actually kill things like plants. So pick a patch where you're like, I don't care. Oh, look, everything's dead there already. Dump it there.
0: (laughs) Do it yourself. Thank you for those. I mean, that's that's pretty useful stuff. Uh, My ex-wife always complains about like she has sleep paralysis and there's like she always senses something hovering over her. Maybe it's maybe it's like the past of me or something. Who knows? My some of my energies probably go <laughs> on her.
1: Well, Here's what it is. We have, when we're kids, we have a great like open mind. We believe things that we grow to understand are not possible within this reality without there being some form of magic involved. And most people during the formation of self that occurs between the ages of like 12 and 14, which is why middle school is such like a minefield for so many people. They close down being that receptive to their environment and believing in all things. Now, people who are very empathetic or frequently or the products of an abusive household, and they have to be very aware of somebody else's actions to stay safe, keep their receptors open. And it's such a common thing that because we only can do what we have learned. And, you know, we're always talking about like the mistakes of generations past And their parenting, not the best. And so a lot of people have these emotional and energetic sensitivities because they had to be very aware of one of their caretakers. And if they don't know how to center shield and ground, which are all things I can teach people, then they don't, they can't protect themselves fully. So it sounds like with your ex-wife, she really was perceiving something, but that she had an open space or open portals around her from things like being very sensitive and then interacting with the stuff that we shouldn't when we're young and we don't know that it can be dangerous things like ouija boards or using divination and without proper protection and it can come towards you it won't influence your waking world too much because you have control of your conscious mind but it will influence your subconscious mind
0: she has a uh, a dream catcher and she also has like a stick of sage and she does that frequently
1: um, here's the thing. Sage is awesome because it's like psychic bleach, but it gets rid of everything. You need to follow up with something like selenite, which brings in a positive energy or a form of incense or something like lavender, which will smudge it and confuse anything that's trying to come towards you because lavender is lightly dominating. Sage by itself is just like bleaching an area. And then hmm. if you still have crap all over you, it comes right back. You have to do spirit attachment removals afterwards. Sage is like mm, spraying a bug spray, and it will wear off after a little while, and all of the bugs will come back in. Think about like that. Yeah. But what you really want to do is do cord cutting meditations, do spirit attachment removals. All over YouTube, there are free resources. Whenever anybody gets a reading with me, I give them a bunch of free resources because I'm so tired of people being exploited in their pain. There are great people who do energy healing and they are so worth the money. Honest to goodness. I'm not denigrating anybody's skill, but everybody feels the pinch. And so whenever I can find of, you know, the economic uncertainty of these times and really health, whether it is emotional or physical, should not be dependent on wealth. So I do try and direct people towards free resources to clean up their energy so that they can have the best experience here. And it can cause psychological fluctuations. It can contribute to depression and anxiety, which are often trauma responses as well. Addiction is also where our understanding of addiction is in its infancy. A lot of the time it starts out as a form of escapism that gets out of control for people. Because when we're when we're kids, we effortlessly escape into books and movies and games, whether it's on online or in you know board games. We're able to transcend our difficult reality with healthy escapism. As we grow, it becomes more and more difficult to do so. And many people re- kind of reach for destructive tools that make them more vulnerable. Like your wife can have 15 dream catchers, but if she hasn't resolved the stuff that's still on her when she's in the 3D and awake, which it sounds like that's the case, then all it's going to do is like it will... It's like muddied water. You never get it clean.
0: So you're talking about addiction. And yes. um, I was actually just watching something interesting the other day, and this was so fascinating. You're like spot on. So you know about like... Um, Scientists do experiments with mice, rats, so they they had these uh these mice in a cage, and on one water bottle it was just water, and on the other bottle it was cocaine. They wanted to see like if the mouse would just keep going to cocaine and become addicted right and sure enough, it did, but then what they never discuss is that this mouse is in a cage right like of course course it's miserable of course it's gonna go to the cocaine to try and escape that's why it keeps using it like do you think it wants to be alive in a cage like and then so they they kind of expanded this experiment they're like okay let's go ahead and put like slides and make this area bigger and put like more social stuff in this cage and see if they they go to the cocaine and sure enough they did it like once twice but that was it they weren't they they didn't become addicted to it they tried it but you know the they were thriving in social aspects so they didn't need cocaine to like get away from everything
1: the the other thing that will illustrate that is initially vietnam in vietnam there was a great deal of heroin use but when veterans returned Most of them stopped using heroin because people weren't trying to kill them every day any longer and they didn't need the escape as badly. So it really is about we think of it as being a like a genetic thing that is programmed into our brain and that there may be a genetic predisposition component to it, but largely it seems to come from people seeking an escape from hopelessness and despair and loneliness. And that's probably part of the reason that the way we treat addiction is very, again, it's in its infancy. When people begin to understand that, particularly for trauma, as we were joking around about, but I genuinely have a form of OCD that compels me to make sure I'm safe. And that's like checking my routines. And it comes, it's a lot of people with abuse backgrounds have that same form of trauma related OCD that compels them to do particular things to try and make sure that they're safe. And addiction is a compulsion that no longer, you no longer have any control over. And so one of the things that can help with that is programming in more healthy responses because we in the whole nature versus nurture argument it bo- both matter. Both matter. If you were in an environment that caused you to try and to need an escape from it over and over again, you likely grew up with compromised executive functioning skills, and so you aren't able to uh, kind of settle into a productive life as easily because nobody ever taught you, and it's not your fault. But you can learn as an adult, and that can take the place of the the bad things that you do to try and escape the pain. Instead, you learn a set of behaviors that will help you kind of re your foundation for the, you know, house that is your life, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a grand scale, like, there's a real problem systemically. I mean, obviously, if you you look at the uh, the poorer environments, that's where drug addiction is thriving because there's mm-hmm. no outlet. You know, like every, like you see a gun store, a liquor store, there's not much work. So obviously these places are going to be infested with, with drugs. And, you know, it's just so unfortunate to look at and hear about, like, I watch a lot of documentaries on that stuff, but I mean, if if there was just an outlet and if there wasn't such a gap between, you know, rich and poor and people Mm -hmm. going hungry, I I just wish there was more that could be done to like keep us all on a you know the human experience everyone should should be able to enjoy life because we don't know what happens at the end of this
1: um we we really have started to and it's it's like a repeating pattern in society it's called the Strauss-Howe theory in sociology and it's the fourth turning meaning that we run in four generation cycles we're in the fourth one which Gen Z is supposed to be bringing change I love Gen Z for that like please shake this place up because things are not working we do have too much income disparity and we have a very like we have a poor coping tool as a society where we are very likely to blame the person who is suffering for suffering and it's like what if it's a pitiless world that won't help people and understanding that no matter where you landed in life like my backstory frequently has people being drug addicted in prison or prostitutes because the trauma was that severe but i have many markers of privilege, including the ability to express myself fully because I had unlimited access to books. Um, my crazy parents, like my father was a very, very good educator. He was a college professor. And so I grew up around these very educated and erudite people. And the way I express myself helped pave a path through life. And then I have other ways in which I kind of fit within a societal mold that is approved of. But that's what made my path in life. And I don't kid myself. Yes, there are things about my own gifts that have helped me. But for the most part, I just got luckier than other people. And we kind of need to start viewing it that way. For the haves and the have nots, the people who have, please understand, you're just more fortunate, you're not better. And please have more compassion for people who have less because they are suffering. And it is one of the roles of our human soul while we're here in this experience to try and alleviate suffering because why else are we here? you will feel better about yourself. You will feel better about this world. You will feel more hopeful about this world if you are doing something to try and find solution rather than casting blame on people with problems. And that's not to scold anybody. It's just to remind people That like our leadership is really letting us down on all levels. Like I'm I'm an issue politics kind of gal because neither of them are getting it done, and we need to start working together as a society so we can start fixing some of these ridiculous problems. If nothing else, we need to work around how our government is a broken machine that never gets anything done but arm wrestles each other daily just to like retain power for six hours at a time. Yeah, that's the way it's working. So we need to be like okay that that system not working so well, what can we do together? And please stop judging people who suffer from addiction. They are not of weak character. They did not have good role models. Sometimes they did not have good opportunities. And our ability to reach out to people who are suffering is very much hampered by that broken machine of bureaucracy. Start approaching people who are suffering as like, you wouldn't look at somebody who had their leg freshly broken and could not walk down the street. with disdain. You wouldn't be like, oh, it's your fault for breaking your darn leg. I don't care if a car ran you over. You would understand that they had an understandable reaction to an injury. Energetic and emotional injuries work the exact same way. They just cripple your ability to put together a functional life. And when you live in a society that doesn't have any safety nets for trying to help people who have been energetically and emotionally injured to become thriving and productive society members then you are likely to reach for destructive ways to escape from this reality. And that's all that has happened to most of those people. And we're making housing out of reach for people. We have really normalized people living in their flipping cars, folks. It is Uh, time to to change. If we don't change things, who's going to do it?
0: Yeah, um, well said. Uh, One of my superpowers is um, I actually came from addiction. I overcame it. And so like I will never like underestimate what what someone is going through. Like I try to show so much compassion and empathy for someone struggling because I've been there. I know like the mind can turn on you so fast and it's not as simple as, oh, just snap out of it, man. Like, you know, it doesn't work like that. Like it's a process. It takes so long and you don't know like what this person's brain is like talking themselves into. You know, you have no idea. Depression is like you don't want to get out of bed and do anything. It's like there's something attached to you, like a like an evil octopus that is just it has you wrapped (laughs) around in its tentacles. And it's just like with its suction cup sucking your energy out. You don't want to do anything. And it takes a lot to overcome that, you know. It genuinely does.
1: And you're so close to a spiritual truth, by the way, because remember, when we're talking about the 3D, the very practical world, I obviously I'm a spiritual worker. I also believe in spiritual things as well. When you talk about something literally being attached to you, that is actually true. Please understand that if you have ever experienced a tarot reading or anything else that made you say there is something beyond this world that we cannot see, that you are acknowledging that other things exist as an influence. And when you are depressed, it is like being kidnapped because your personality is almost entirely different. Hopelessness overtakes people. They can't even find the ability to try. And that is not something to judge nor shame. It is something to have some compassion for. But honest to goodness, everything that you see somebody going through, you are just a stroke of misfortune away from experiencing as well, no matter who you are. And please understand that. And I think that out of a fear-based place, People begin to judge people who are suffering because it makes them feel safe from that fate. That when we look at people who are unhoused and we like, you know, just cast so many like aspersions against their character instead of saying like, yeah, man, nobody can afford an actual place to live on what is being paid to the majority of workers. People are spending 50 percent of their take home pay on their housing. And that's if they're lucky in a lot of areas. That is not a sustainable situation. Please stop blaming the people who are suffering from the misuse of power and start figuring out what can we do to alleviate this societally crippling problem where we could approach people as simply having something that they do not know how to overcome themselves. They're suffering. They're Mm -hmm. people who are suffering please find your compassion for others. If you're reaching for judgment, ask yourself why. We're all capable of doing things that we are not proud of. We all have parts of ourselves that we're like, I either deny that or I don't know what to do about it. We're all doing that because we're all human. We're all fallible. We all have what's called the shadow side, which is the part of our personality that was formed in trauma. Absolutely everybody can be overtaken by their shadow side if they do not have the tools to help dig themselves out of that hole. And if it's an epidemic in this country, ask yourself what's wrong with the structure of this country that it has become an epidemic, not what's wrong with people. A lot of those people are working so hard. I, part of what I did when I came to California was I volunteered for a place called Many Mansions, which is a nonprofit housing provider. And the list is stretches on for years of people trying to, and I'm being literal, of try, people trying to get affordable housing in this area. And I met a lot of the people who do not have housing, and they are not who you're telling yourselves they are, folks. They are people who are hardworking, who sometimes just didn't have savings that didn't come from anything other than generational poverty. So they've never had a safety net. These people are victims of a pitiless system. They are not weak, nor are they lazy, and they do not deserve to be judged. They deserve help.
0: Yeah, it's not fair to. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, it's good. You're so educated. Like You know a lot. Does this all have to do with like reading books and talking to people or what?
1: Um, It is that. And then I have something called clairsentience. And that thing where I was talking about how I'm attached to the advanced spirit of communication or the spirit of air is that like, I, I literally get information and you can check it with experts. It's real. It's true. I'll take
0: your word for it.
1: And so I do like, I have a more, and by the way, I'm not the only person doing that. There are so many people who we, who you are and what you are is not simply contained in your physical body you are run by a bunch of electrical i heard this on tiktok and i thought it was the best explanation we are basically meat puppets um fueled by electric jello your oh, I brain, can get behind that your brain is sending all kinds of electrical impulses to different parts of you and when people die that energy does not just go dead or flat. It's still there. There is a part of you that exists outside of your physical body. And if you learn the right techniques, if you go towards it, you can start tapping into what is called the collective consciousness. And so I am well-read and I do study a great deal. And I pursue any topic that I think that I need more information on because my goal in doing this is not to tell people when they're going to meet that boy, but rather to help them have a which I can do. And I'm not, if I sound like I'm dismissing it, I'm not. That's a lovely part of life but it's one part of life and a bigger part of life is what can i do with my life so that i love it so that i love the fact that i'm alive that i'm having this beautiful expansive experience and experiencing more and more and feeling more connected to other human beings versus more and more isolated and we have a problem in our society with isolation and i think COVID nineteen lockdown really brought that one home you know
0: that's what i'm saying i know yeah that's a. Uh... That's one thing that I've noticed. Um, after the lockdowns, like everything just seems like you don't have to leave your house for anything. You can literally have your groceries sent to your house now. Like People don't have to go out and interact, and I think that's crazy. I think that's that doesn't do well for what kind of species we are. We're a social species. We have to interact. I mean, the worst thing that someone can do to you in jail is put you in isolation.
1: Mm-hmm. It's terrible for people. <laughs> And now, 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 there are people who are, I am a deep, 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 deep introvert because of that experience growing up where I'm most comfortable by myself a lot, but even I need the interaction with other people. So it's not about extroversion and introversion. And hey, let's discuss what an introvert is versus an extrovert. And it's super simple and we overcomplicate it. An introvert is drained by social interaction. and an I was going to say that. Yes. Is, yes. Is, so that's what the difference really, really is. And it can break down... Via personality type into how that manifests. But we are social people. And part of the reason the word social and society very closely related things, our society has become more and more defensive in its posture and how we approach each other. We keep interacting with each other like we're enemies and dudes. We're all we've got. Let's cut that. That's not going to get us anywhere, but someplace worse. And it already is. So start approaching other people as being equal to you. Even if you don't understand them, they're equal. Their feelings matter to them just as you're, they matter to you. We have to readjust. We have to change our perspective if we're ever going to make things better.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people wear masks as well. And that's kind of a hard part to get by is just by like knowing who someone really is. Because I noticed that a lot of people hide um, via bravado or like through this ego and are just too... Mm-hmm they're not open into to letting people in and sure there's probably good good cases for that you know like like a childhood trauma or like they were bullied and you know i'm sure there's a a list of examples that go through that but there's one thing i noticed that i don't know whether it's they that maybe they sent something from me but people are generally open to mm-hmm. me but in like a work setting like if i'm at like a conference there's like this giant ego around people where I just can't get a read on who they actually are. Well,
1: here's let me break that down for you. What you're talking about is people trying not being able to be their authentic self. Their view of self, their self-esteem is actually something that they give to other people and say, how you view me, my success, my story, and my life is the thing that determines how I feel about myself. Therefore, I cannot show you who I really am because I alone know what's going on behind these walls. And so we do learn to societally mask, one of the most destructive things we've done in this country is we have normalized lying to each other in our discourse as being the polite thing to do. When people come here from another country, they have to tell, like, you know, for, in their expat communities, they have to be like, okay, if they say things like we should get together, don't believe them. They don't mean it. It's just what they say. Like, if they ask you, how are you? They don't actually mean it. They don't know. Right. And, but, and this sounds like really harmless, but that has actually put into place a structure in which we do not expect authenticity from one another. So we don't offer it any longer. And so in order for us to reclaim any sense of happiness and joy, first stop caring what other people think of you so much and start caring what you think of your life and how you can be the best version of you. And not everybody will be here to be in the like, you know, do I believe in reaching for the highest self and trying to do good? Obviously, like half the things I've said, really, really back that up. But think of this existence as coming here to take a degree at a university, and everybody has different majors. Some people really will be here to have a hedonistic experience this time out, and that's their choice. But make your choice and live your authentic choice, and you will start to feel so much happier when you're not putting forth a facade with everybody. I have like it's it's hard news to hear, but it's so true. You will never know what somebody else is saying about you or thinking about you, but you have full control over what you think of yourself and whether or not you like yourself. Stop worrying about if anybody else likes you. Do you like you? And if you don't, what do you need to heal? Because that's the biggest marker of like, oh, I have something wrong because I don't actually like me enough to present the authentic me to other people. I'm afraid if people knew me, they would judge me. People are always going to be judging you and people are judging not because you are worthy of judgment, but because they're not looking at their own stuff. And again, that defensive posture that tells people, like, I have to believe in my rightness to keep going in this life. Therefore, you must be wrong if you are different than me. No difference and variation is part of our species. And if we learn to accept it and embrace it, we will have a functional society in a way that we don't now. We have embraced conformity as the thing that will bring us success. And it clearly is not. Find (laughs) out who you are and what your real gifts are. And please remember, almost everything you have been told to value has an agenda behind it from people who are trying to retain power over you.
0: Yeah. Try
1: not to conform so much. And that is not to say go out and rob people, knock them down and have orgies in the middle of the street. That's well, if you anything. want
0: to do that, you could do that. but Exactly. Just it's
1: like just, <laughs> being a prisoner to something you that you have no control over. Exactly. That is called your yeah. highest self. That is your yeah, inner moral yes. compass. And check in with that. But please let go of what other people think of you as being the determining factor in what you should think of yourself. Because most of the time, they are hiding from their own stuff and not healing their own stuff. Heal your stuff and you will not care as much. Heal. Figure yourself out so that you can make better choices in your relationships and in everything that you do. And please understand that the whole idea of getting married and get, have, having a house and producing kids, that is not what has been historically, this is provable through like all sorts of charts, graphs and statistics that are true. It is not yielding happy results. Albert Einstein was the person who said doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition yeah, the of anxiety. Great. Why are we yeah. doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result? We need to do different things to get a different result. Don't fear change. It's the only way things that can better can
0: get better. I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. We're on the same page there. It's just trying to get this out in mass. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. Well, I mean, that's that's the word. what I
1: do. That's what I do. Is I look into people's cards and I help them understand themselves, so that they can. And sometimes it really is. You have to work on your root chakra. Chakra is a word that means wheel. By the way, it's talking about the different energies that have a, both a positive and a negative connotation. So, like if your root chakra, which is your security, if you get that healed, then you have confidence in your own ability and your ability to make your own decisions. And that's, for instance. But that's what we do is we stop looking to outward sources to tell me how to feel. What do I do? I Oh, you want me to fit in this piece of Tupperware? Don't do that any longer. Don't do that any longer. Figure out who your unique soul, your individual energy is meant to be in this lifetime. And I am not the only person doing this. If you can't stand my personality already, that's okay. Find somebody you can to help you figure out your own stuff. And remember, nobody will have all of your answers. You will find yeah, some answers you- and apply them and then move on to your next teacher. Learn as much as you can about how to be happier and healthier and a more productive person within your own life. And then the world starts healing around us.
0: If we start coming from a place of love rather than a place of not accepting or hate, I mean, many multiple doors will open and, and you'll, you'll soon figure out that at life can be this beautiful thing so it's like on this podcast when I do solo episodes I challenge everyone to like if, if you get in an argument with someone just try in like a nice tone try to empath- empathize with this person and try to compliment them for at least three minutes like just try to like see something you like about them and then see where See where that ends up. Because I can tell you where it's going to end up if you just get defensive right away and start insulting. It's probably going to end up in a fight. And sometimes a physical altercation... Which can lead to death. And, and sometimes, you know, you hit someone, they hit their head in the ground. Now you just murdered somebody. Well, you and know? we've
1: normalized carrying guns all over the place. So it can be even worse than that. You know, we can be blowing people away. Like, yeah.
0: Like, wow. right?
1: How, like, no, you take the last watermelon or whatever it is we're fighting over. Um, what, what you really need to understand, though, is that you have answers within you as to why you're unhappy. And if you start looking for them and you heal yourself, that puts the power in your hands. And if it's like, hey, I'm unhappy because I'm poor and this is a crappy world, heal yourself and you'll know what to do in this world to provide for yourself or to help others provide and to contribute in a way that makes everybody's life better. And unfortunately, we do have like part of life is struggle. When people like start asking, like, how can you possibly believe in a divine power? There's war. There's starvation. Dudes, we did that. That is the whole free will thing. That, please quit putting that on some kind of divine thing. And also remember that when you hear God or the divine, you're actually reacting to religion, which is, again, that power structure. And power corrupts. So instead, look at the teachings of every central figure to be like, hey, what was Buddha recommending? What was Allah recommending? What was Christ recommending? And it's all the same stuff. Treat each other kindly. Stop judging each other. And for goodness sake, don't kill each other. Because that doesn't solve anything as human beings, as a society, as a civilization and as a species, we have a terrible habit and it stretches back for literally thousands of years of getting to a certain level of advanced technology and then killing each other. We have to learn to overcome our lesser nature, our shadow side, our darker self and to accept the inner dichotomy within what I'm always telling people is understand your monster and put it on a leash, but don't let it guide your journey because it's a monster.
0: Yeah, so I was on this run today and we're, we're going to go over this live because I haven't really spoke about it live, but I was on this run and I was just kind of wondering, like is social media kind of making making all of us sociopathic in a sense mm-hmm. of like if if you want to be your true self, like for me, I'm going to create this content. I'm going to speak how I want to speak and then I'm going to post it on social media Knowing knowing that there's going to be some negative feedback, but I know that I have to block out a lot of these people who are just talking from a negative place. But at the same time, I feel like I'm being sociopathic because I'm not caring what these people are saying to a certain point. So I'm like, well... Uh, Am I a sociopath now because of this?
1: No, that is not what a sociopath is, by the way. (laughs) And like, it's not. What what you're talking about is that people have reached a level of being unable to empathize with people as feeling beings to the extent that it almost feels as if they're psychopathic or sociopathic. But what it really is, is that we have learned to detach somebody's image from their humanity. And then the other thing is, is that when people are lashing out online, please understand that is the they're trying to get rid of this negative, hurtful, terrible energy. And that's the only way they know of doing it. You know what self harm is, right? When people are cutting on themselves, that is the externalizing of internal pain. And that is what people in comment sections are also engaging in. And don't don't intermingle with it. If, if you're not reaching for something that has a really hard time reaching you, and just allow it to pass by as a symptom of a, other person's often agony and frustration and anger, and they feel so abandoned and they feel so alone that they lash out at others just simply to let something out, almost like lancing a boil or something, not to be gross, but that really is what it's about. But inside of that person is somebody who is just Hurt and unable to process what to do about it to heal the wound. So instead, they're always trying to find that band aid. And in fact, if you look, there are multiple times where people confronted their online trolls. And instead of finding these terrible people with machetes, What they found was like people who are just deeply conflicted and needed somebody to talk to and needed some way to understand their own anger and their pain. And most of the time they were unable to sustain that level of like lashing out at people. People are reacting from a place of fear. Please understand that anger is almost always a defensive mechanism to protect what you're actually afraid of. And people in society have been taught to fear change so much. Please understand that the influences that have taught you to fear change, again, they do not mean you well. They do not want the best for you. They want the best for retention of power. And that means they're taking yours, dudes. So please stop playing into that game and start, if you feel like lashing out at others, ask yourself, why in the world am I so unhappy and what can I do about that? And when somebody lashes out at you, see it as being about them, not about you. They like, And yep. particularly in a society that has a lot of problems with women because we're so concerned with who has the power, one of the things that you have to do as a woman is like not hand your self-esteem to other people who are trying to tear you down with their appraisal of the way you sound, of the way you look, of what you weigh. Do not care about them. Do not respect the opinion of somebody that you not, do not have an innate respect for. And it is very difficult to respect somebody who is taking out their feelings on other people. It's not making us sociopathic. It's making us, it's like it's like every the world turned into a great big customer service bank. You know how almost everybody in their life, when they've been in a really bad mood, has not been kind to a customer service agent, which please do. They didn't cause a problem. Please be kind yes. to them. It's not a great job. But we've all had our moments where when we feel like we have power over somebody else, we will, because it's human nature, it's that shadow side, try to reach for kindness and compassion, even for people who are trying to hurt your feelings. Because when you do, when you understand that it's like, well, it's a symptom of your own pain and pretty much nothing really about me. I know who I am and I don't put my worth in my appearance And you shouldn't, by the way. It is the thing about you that will, you know, kind of erode with time. And it does not prove your character. It just proves your genetics, guys. Quit putting your worth in what you look like and certainly reject societal ideals that tell you that you are who you look like. Instead, you are who you choose to be. We all have the power to choose which direction we will turn in any moment. And when somebody lashes out at you, simply turn around and walk away and leave it alone because all you will be doing is taking in their negative energy. And when it comes to social media, it can be a great disease in this world, as you know, but it can also be a great tool to help us find better ways to do things, to reach out to one another. Everything is what we make it. And the fact that it is turned into such a toxic waste spill, in some regards is indicative of how much pain and anger and frustration and desperation exists in this world. When you see it happening, go buy it. You will never argue somebody into a better point of view. Nobody hears when you're yelling just go like, okay, well, you know, I hope you feel better after, you know, that vomiting session of en- negative energy and leave it there because it doesn't really have anything to do with you. It has to do with something of the internal state of the person typing or reaching out. I see it on TikTok all the time. And I like to Same here, them, where like these wonderful presenters, because they're happy and people who are not happy will go for them in their comment sections and they will end up in tears addressing them. I'm a human being. I have feelings. It's like, Yes, you absolutely are, but what we have to learn to do is to have boundaries between ourselves and others in a parasocial, it's called a parasocial um, interaction, where you are interacting with somebody you don't truly have a personal relationship with, and understand that the only way that that negative energy gets to you is if you let it get to you, and that is not to say you are responsible for your own abuse, you never ever are, but you have the power over being able to go... Man, you must be miserable. I hope you feel better. Bye. And you don't you don't need to interact. You don't need to interact. And if you the second you put your self esteem into the hands of a very unhappy reality, they're gonna go for you. They come for everybody. And and it happens to me too on YouTube sometimes. And I just you know I remove the comment. I don't read them. Like I, I don't read them. It's like I get two words in. It's like oh, this is gonna be delightful. Bye. And it's yeah, that's not, the
0: best way to do it.
1: We have to because remember what other people do is about them. And if they're hurling judgments at you, and I'm a a celestial angelic witch, I'm a tarot card reader, I'm a psychic, and I'm an energy healer, honest to goodness, that's like holding up a kick me sign. But honest, honestly, the only way it matters is if I care what other people think. And that weird like, experience I was talking about with near complete isolation growing up serves me so well as an adult because I have never fit in and I will never fit in and I don't wish to fit in because I've been watching it from the outside for so darn long. I can see what's wrong with the machine that you're calling life right now. And it's breaking down. So like, if you want to hurl barbs at me, okay, but they're not going to get to me. Because honest to goodness, it's not that I don't care about you. I care so much about you. Even if you kind of hate my guts, I care the, about the fact that you're in pain. But my directly interacting with somebody who's thrashing around in pain is just going to get me kicked in the face. So instead, I'm going to keep going forward, trying to give people the energy that they need to heal themselves. If we, It's like the ripple in a pond. If you, if you throw a pebble into the pond, it will start creating ripples. If you throw a pebble into your emotional world, it will create ripples of understanding of compassion for self and others and the ability to be the best version of you that you can be. And when you're the best version of you that you can be, your self-esteem is in your hands. It's called ego death when you can look at another person and understand They're just coming from their own perspective. When you step outside of a situation and be like, well, what if this wasn't about me? What if it's about that person who's three mortgage payments behind or has a really bad knee but doesn't have health insurance and so they're constantly in pain or or they're going through a divorce? Or their teenagers are driving them insane or whatever the stimulus is in their life, the catalyst for them to need to like kind of engage in that energy letting where they negatively lash out at people. When you take that greater perspective and stop making it about you, but rather a greater symptom of a societal ill, it becomes easier to step over. And it's not in an uncaring way. It's in a like, listen, I hope what I'm doing will help address that. And i hope you help feel better too. Because inside there is somebody who's just in a lot of pain. Please understand, when you see somebody behaving appallingly, it is not that they have lost their humanity entirely. It's that they live in a world that disregards our humanity so deeply that they have learned to disregard others' humanity. It's not part of social media as much as it is part of a symptom of a greater societal ill.
0: Yeah few questions for you. Wonder, wonderful rant. You just went on there. I know I
1: go on rants <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well,
0: that leads me to my next question is, uh, do you have a book? Do you plan on writing a book?
1: I'm supposed to be writing a book. If I ever find the time, I absolutely Makes sense. Will. But I, <laughs> I do have a podcast and my friend Jacob and I, who is, Jacob's awesome. He is a gay polyamorous witch, uh, Celtic witch. Shout Arden out to Jacob. Mara. Yeah, Jacob is awesome. Jacob is awesome. And he is just such a, I don't do all of my podcasts with him, but we address how to have hope. We address how to heal from triggers. We address um, how to have patience, how to forgive all of these things that people are. If you learn how to forgive others, it will give you such peace. Yeah, that's the hardest
0: thing for people to do, though.
1: Well, it's because they want something from somebody who has hurt them. And it's like, please remember that analogy where people in pain are flailing around and they're going to kick the orderlies sometimes.
0: That's a vicious cycle.
1: And exactly. If you keep looking to a source that has hurt you for the thing to remedy the pain, you're going to be in pain for a long time. Choose closure. Choose to let go of toxic connections. Choose to understand that, by the way, if you can't forgive, don't worry about that. Heal. And forgiveness will come, but it is the divine's job to forgive. It is your job to heal. Heal the wound, and you won't care so much about the person who cut
0: you any longer. Have you ever dabbled in psychedelics?
1: Um, I have not.
0: Because well, okay, no, I beg
1: your pardon. In way many many years ago, I guess I did uh, do shrooms.
0: Okay, because you sometimes when you speak, you come from this place that is like it's just beyond. And I I dabble in psychedelics, and so it's like. That's what kind of made me have ego death and start looking at people differently. Also having a child did that for me too. So yeah, it was just it's just like a of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you speak I'm just like everything you say makes so much sense when I was in that state of mind. It's just like there's there's more to life than than what we see out of our eyeballs. There's just so much and it's sometimes it's hard to articulate but you do a wonderful job and Thank that's you. exactly why I wanted to invite you on to this podcast. It's all coming back to me now it's because <laughs> I, I've had I've had people on in uh, in your profession before, and they actually gave me readings at the end of the podcast. And okay, so this happened twice. Mm-hmm. And each time the day after, I had so much anxiety. My energy was gone. Like, oh, I, oh yeah. I'm like, obviously, there is something very real. I had to leave work one time because my anxiety was so bad
1: and I documented root it <laughs> I, tell you to root yeah. I tell you your future and then tell you to work on your root chakra to help with your anxiety
0: um, yeah, that it, it like That's you need
1: to energetically balance. It's something knocked you off balance. It drew away too much of your physical energy in the 3D, causing you anxiety. And so you need to rebalance. After every, at the end of every day, I do a full energy clearing and usually a sound balancing because what's ever on my clients is going to come for me. And like, can it get to me? No, because I protect and shield like a crazy person. But please understand that when you're reaching into a psychic space, it can actually pull you a little bit off balance and you have to do things that are grounding afterwards including drink a great big glass of water and eat something healthy it'll pull you back down into your physical body and help you feel more grounded but what you're referring to with when i'm talking by the way ayahuasca is what a lot of people are using to uh, achieve spiritual journeys i don't do that i have not done that um i channel very easily you're referring to my ability to channel where i don't need to pause and have conscious thought but i just have access to accurate information that's channeling
0: yeah yeah, um, I, I mean, have to. You're like in the express lane, where I have to take like the scenic route and like eat something to get there. You're uh, just like Captain.
1: I, I was never really joined with society. I've always stood on the outside, so I've, that's why my connection is so clear. It's not that other that's people cool. don't have this ability. It's that interactions with others, as you were describing, when you've had other readers on, can pull your energy off balance if you're not taking the right steps to protect your energy and to ground and to shield. And by the way, if you're like, this is all very woo-woo, and I don't wish to sit in a lotus position and try to connect, grounding can be achieved in a variety of ways. Exercise is grounding, eating a good, healthy meal, and it needs to be healthy so that it helps with your blood sugar, and if you love sugar or something, have it afterwards. Do things in a balanced state, and you will be in a balanced state, and that's really what grounding is. But standing on the actual physical earth, if you can manage it in your bare feet, is a grounding activity. Um, going for a walk in the park and trying to connect with your 3d world. And then there's another grounding activity that can help and it will reset your energy. It's called choosing your emotional direction, which is a very important concept in emotional wellness, which is when you feel sad, when you feel anxious, when you feel angry is you kind of do the steps to take care of physical you. It's called responding and not reacting. So if you're hungry, you eat something and try to make it healthy because you'll get a better result from that. And then you will also look around your environment and try to find, I use five because five is the number for change, five things in your environment that you actually enjoy, things that are making your life better. They used to say things like count your blessings, and it got turned into a way to tell people to shut up, I oh, like count your blessings. That it was really, really good advice, but it got turned into a shaming direction wow. when it's actually a reprogramming thing. If yeah. you are choosing to focus on the positive in your life, and if you're hearing this right now, you have something positive in your life because you have the leisure time to do this. So sure. there's something positive. Not And by the way, people can be in dire, dire circumstances, and I'm never, ever dismissing that. But there is almost always something in your life that makes being alive in this particular moment—that's living in the present—makes um, it, ma- it worthwhile, makes it beautiful. Like I can look outside my window right now, and I have a hummingbird feeder, and there is a hummingbird the size of an effing chicken sitting on it right now <laughs> because I put food out there all the time, and it's that the coolest up. It's like exactly humming chicken. <laughs> um, it's just—it's the coolest thing. I have a beautiful view from this window. And I, those are the things to focus on in order to inhabit a better energy, to inhabit a better vibration. Do the things that will change the energy you're in or the vibration, the vibe. So listen to upbeat music. And if it's like, I feel terrible, I was sobbing my entire way through that dance playlist. Faking it till you make it is when your brain chemistry starts to kick in something called endorphins, which are the happy hormone pills of our system. And yeah. when you start courting them and going towards them, then your brain chemistry can start and think of yourself as a great big computer and you're reprogramming yourself. When you feel anxious like that, the thing to do is mindfulness breathing to make yourself feel your body. So you would breathe in and out, counting the inhale and then the exhale, and then sit there and be like, what does my thumb feel like? Like you can sit there and pinch it. You're trying to get yourself into the here and the now. Remember, the future is just imagination from where you are now. You do not need to worry about it. If you are grounded in the present and you tap into your own guidance, because we all have guidance available to us, it's called having a team, ancestors and spirit guides. And if that's a little too woo-woo for you, then just think of it as tapping into your own common sense and practicality. And that will be the same thing, is if you are able to calmly sit in the present moment, most people are pretty resourceful and they know what to do because they have the inner guidance or the common sense to be able to choose better or more accurately. But if you go to I've a been, uh, and feel well afterwards, go to a park, touch a tree. I swear to God, it'll help.
0: I've been implementing ice baths and that has like, honest to God, like that seems to get rid of like the bad juju or demons that are inside of me. Like I'll um, sit in there for six minutes. And after that, I feel so good you want to talk about an an endorphin rush oh my and the rest of the day I just feel no anxiety like that was the hardest thing I had to do today and it was very hard so everything else is a breeze and I'm just like more in the moment and nothing bothers me
1: Do you know that's actually a cognitive behavioral therapy technique as well, which is courting anxiety or a stressful situation in order when you're safe and you have control over it, like if it became overwhelming in the ice bath, you just hop the heck out. It is bringing yourself towards that in a manner in which you can control it. And when I'm working with people on overcoming triggers, one of the things that I have them do is work with something that is mildly challenging in the 3D, like playing on the mind games app, where it's, it's not so challenging that you can feel like a failure, but you have to focus. You have to focus in the here and the now. But like when I'm anxious, one of the things I do is play that because it's just enough stress to be like, oh, can I get this right? <laughs> and it gets rid of the energy. So what you're doing is courting a stressful situation to bring it under your control. And that is not just a woo-woo thing. That is a neuroscience thing.
0: Yeah, there was a um, there was a direct – like, uh, I don't even know what to call it the next day. Okay. So I, I took a, an ice bath, right. And that was very difficult. And at night it started storming out and I had hockey and it was just raining so bad. It was raining sideways. And normally I would be a little anxious to like drive on the highway when it's, you can't see anything, but I was just so calm, cool and collected. It was the weirdest thing. I was just it's, like, Oh, this is the breeze. It's not well, the that-
1: That circles back to exactly like we were talking about how people act in comment sections and how they're offloading that negative energy so that they don't have too much of it. What you're describing and taking an ice back is offloading that negative energy so that when you went into a situation that was stressful, you had already gotten rid of the pent up or the backlogged energy so that you were just in the here and the now and you had more confidence in your ability to handle the motor vehicle or to handle the situation, knowing that if it's way too dangerous, I'm just going to pull the heck over. I'm not going to do this to myself. And that that is almost always the answer. Most of the things we get very frightened about, all we really need to do is learn how to control anxiety within a moment and to alleviate it in a way that helps. And doing things like uh, taking cold showers for like two or three minutes can emulate the same thing as as an ice bath. And it's exactly that, is exposing yourself to controlled stress to bring about the reaction that has been troubling you to offload that energy to kind of just purge it. It's purging it. It's that same thing with like, it's gross, but it's the right analogy, lancing a boil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've been very happy with that. I I challenge everyone to to try and do something a little bit challenging, put you in, in a controlled, stressful environment and then see, like start your morning off like that if you could, and then see how the rest of your day goes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe it'll, it'll be like tenfold. It'll do some serious good for you. I agree. Um, it sounds like you've got a yeah. really
1: good method, Jay.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love, uh, we were talking about keeping a healthy lifestyle. I run a lot. I do, uh, the ice baths now, which has been amazing. Nutrition is a big thing. I I'm just always active. You know, I'm trying to live in the moment and enjoy this experience and I'm starting to get a little bit older. So I want to be able to, you know, prolong how long I can, you know, um, do these activities because I play hockey, baseball, softball—you right. name it. You know,
1: uh, do, you, so. do you know there's actually a psychological component in exercise that uh, helps with addiction? Years ago, and I'm I'm really like 15 years ago, I quit smoking because I used to smoke. And when I quit smoking, one of the things that I had read in the research that I was doing where I was like, I really don't want to do this. this. is terrible for me. I read a bunch of things about what would give me the best results. And one of the things that I read was people who do a lot, well, a lot of cardio are very unlikely to relapse or smoke again. Now, I have never I don't crave cigarettes at all. I think they're like I think I would literally throw up if I tried to smoke. Like <laughs> but. Immediately in the aftermath of quitting, I had an elliptical and I would be on that sucker for an hour, two hours if I needed to be like, I just kept going to make myself really focus on my breathing and trying to expand my lung capacity because it's the weirdest thing. But most of the things that we reach for as pain relief and addictive things We're actually simply trying to alleviate a problem within. And the thing that helps most with that is trying to be healthy. And here's the thing. Not everybody gets a body that's fully functional. So all you have to do really is change the energy that you're in, move to the extent that you can do flexibility work. If you really, really hate exercise, if you're like, I just can't, I have all kinds of issues with my joints or whatever is holding you back, learn how to do stretching. You can do it from a chair, look up chair yoga. Anything that releases the pent up energy in you will allow your body to kind of refresh itself. You want to think of it as exfoliating your energetic and emotional body. That's another
0: thing that, like, seriously took off 10 years of my life, or added 10 years, not took off. Jesus. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started doing stretching, and my body just felt night and day so much better. Mm hmm. I started doing it about like two years ago, and I just feel so so good.
1: Uh, Well, and then yoga, which has been around forever and ever, amen, and anything that has been around for a really long time has a tendency to have validity behind it, even if we don't fully understand it. Because if I'm sitting here channeling, please understand that people who came before also had these gifts. And that was how they arrived at some of these conclusions. And our understanding in a scientific sense is really in its infancy. We don't even understand what happens when we die, guys. We really don't know as much as we think we do. And I'm a big fan of science. I genuinely, genuinely am. But yoga long ago identified, and so did reflexology, the different areas of our body that stores different energy, so sadness and grief, handstrings and your hips quite frequently retain these negative energies. And remember, it never stretched to the point of pain, but give it a shot. And don't judge yourself where it's like, I'm not good at this, so I'm going to stop. Do what you can. Nobody's judging you, but you. Sincerely, do what you can, and you will feel a difference in the energetic flow in your body. And the, now when it comes to working out, people have to be prepared for the two weeks of suck
0: where oh, you yeah, start something
1: and you're like, well, I'm crazy. Why does anybody do this to themselves? Cause I've been waiting oh, yeah. my whole life and I am also very, very active. And in fact, like when it's really hot outside, I go up and down the stairs inside of my townhome area where like, and that is it, trust me, it's a cardio workout um, you are and, and it's low <laughs> impact. But the more, if I'm anxious, if I am depressed, if I'm just out of sorts, Exercise is the thing that I go towards and I frequently will be listening to sound recordings, healing frequencies for your listeners out there. Please check out YouTube for that. There's Meditative Mind. There's Inner Lotus Music. There's Tao Wind Spirits. Like, honest to goodness, these people put these things out there for free. And whenever you interact with a free resource to create an energy exchange, please stop, hit the thumbs up button, watch a commercial or something, and you will more easily receive the energy because you have offloaded some. We're always trying to keep ourselves in a balanced state. But everything that you need to make yourself feel better is actually available for free. And again, never to denigrate the people who do this professionally. Honest to goodness, it is like, it's the difference between like a microwaved meal and a gourmet meal for if you can get to somebody, but like a microwave meal will still nourish you. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's still the thing. It's just, if you can't afford a professional is what I'm talking about. I think everybody deserves to feel better and it should not be dependent on- I think our- so
0: too. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Elaine, yeah. I have to ask you, um, are you allowed to give me a a card rating?
1: Oh, sure. When do you want your
0: card you, rating You obviously. could.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. Let <laughs> me okay. get the cards awesome. over here so you're going to hear me like just kind of uh, <laughs> pulling some things around in the background. But sure, I'll give you a card what?
0: rating. Where's that hummingbird?
1: Uh, the hummingbird, there's a There's a different one out there. It's a much smaller one. They sit down on the... Oh Wait, now the big one's back. Do you know they
0: fight?
1: <laughs> They're very, very territorial. Hey, Jay, you're going to hear me shuffling some cards, okay?
0: Wonderful. It's the full experience. Yeah, it's not going to
1: be the world's best sound, but I'm using the Philema deck for anybody who likes tarot, and you're going to hear me talking to the cards. I do read people in an online capacity. I also do it in, purpose, in person. I personally prefer online because it's much easier to get a clear read on people. So you're how, not many cards, the how many month. cards
0: do you flip over?
1: Um, I do an extended Celtic cross. The Celtic cross is 10 cards by itself. I use about 15, but we'll go to the 10 on this one for you, so we're not keeping you here all day. So you're going to hear me shuffling and asking the cards, what does Jay need to know today? Oh, somebody just fell out immediately. I have the death card in reverse as your querent card, which is a card of closure, something being brought to an end. It can be literal death, but it's not here. Um, The death card, death does not mean death. It means rebirth energy. When it's in reverse like that, if it comes out with very particular cards, it can mean physical death. But it's simply closure on a matter is what you're looking for. Oh, God. And then the one that's crossing it, which is defining your struggle right now, is the Four of Cups in the upright, which is underlying issues being haunted by things in the past. The situation stands upon the Two of Swords in the upright, which is a card of needing to make wise choices and to overcome a tendency towards denial is that most of the reasons that you are being thwarted in some of the things that you're trying to achieve is that you're in denial about certain areas of your life and where you're directing your energy. And it also is telling you that you need to heal your root chakra to better tap into your intuition. Recent past is the four of swords in reverse, which is a lot of active energy. Eight of swords in the upright is the crowning situation. The eight of swords in, is in, actually in reverse here. Um, that's about freedom. You have something coming to you which will set you free when you let go of something from the past. Two of Wands in the Upright is a crossroads energy, which is a short-term outlook, which is another you get to choose your path. It's also the world is your oyster, and you have more things coming towards you, and you need to be careful with your choices. You have a tendency towards self-destruction, so that denial thing is, um, Jay, you're prone to overwork. I don't know if you're aware of that. Like, remember, workaholism is also a form of addiction. So be careful with that. Seven of Pentacles in the upright is the card of, it's called the farmer's card, but it's also, some people see it as failure. I just don't. It's a trust the process energy. It's keep putting in the work. But if you honestly haven't been making the progress that you've wanted to, it's because you overcommit your time. Like, you don't have a very work a good work-life balance, and it does throw you off balance sometimes, and you still do things very compulsively, like things like exercise, you need to have, you need to give yourself permission to be a slug every now and then, which apparently you're not very good at that. Everything is meant to exist in a state of balance. My external influence is the King of Pentacles in reverse, which is a recurrent battle with depression. Hmm. You're also very, very concerned about the state of the world and the, well, the, but this is all very, like, standard stuff, where you're not sure what's going to happen in the world, particularly for your child, that you want to see things get better. But when you start contemplating things, you feel that, like, kind of dark sucking energy. If you're, I don't know if you're on meds or not. I don't think you actually need them. I think exercise is, like, your, your go-to on that. But please remember the role of food and also indulgence because you haven't figured out that balance yet. Nine of swords in the upright is feeling restless, being plagued by fears, nightmares, sometimes not being able to sleep well. That's in my hopes and fears, which is one of the guiding influences here. Nine of wands in reverse is like you have three markers for frustration as well with the six of pentacles in the upright. This is telling me, which is a balanced state and receiving and having gifts. This is telling me you really would benefit from energetic balancing. By the way, this is not going to be a full read. This is like a lightning fast at a party type of read. What do you need to address in order to have better? Two of cups in the upright, which is a balanced relationship. Two of cups in the upright is a soulmate card. A tendency towards codependency in the past that included addiction meant that you had either non-reciprocal relationships or you were very much in the runner energy where you had a fear of intimacy, being able to be seen as your authentic self. I don't know if it's in your life yet, but it's in your outcome area where you have a relationship coming to you that is far more balanced, Um, but that you have to stay on top of, um, again, a tendency towards codependency, which is a form of addiction. Um, You really need to lean in on what gender is your child? He's a boy. Okay. You really need to learn about how to communicate your emotions effectively with him, Because he will learn those skills from you and part of what your pitfall was that nobody taught you how to understand your emotions. So you were kind of flailing around with them and reaching for the wrong things for a while. Um, Your first relationship looks, your first two, look a little bit toxic. But you have one that's coming up that I really genuinely like the look of. of, oh, Oh, my goodness. Nine of Pentacles in reverse, which is a tendency to attract energy vampires, people who will drain you. You're an empath and you need to learn how to shield and balance more often so that this is not as draining for you because it looks to me like depending on the guest, it depends on how you walk away feeling. And it's because you're not putting up the right boundaries and nobody's taught you how to shield. When we get off here today, I will actually instruct you on how to do that. Okay. Thank you. Devil in the upright is the Capricorn card, which is a tendency towards addiction and then the Ace of Pentacles in the upright. It looks like you hyper focus on your work to try and fulfillment. It really looks to me like if you focus more on learning how to discuss your son's feelings with them, it will give you the skills that you need to better understand your own. And if this is a current relationship, I like the look of it. I don't think it is at present, but you have something coming towards you. Remember, when you hear relationship, don't just think romance. Relationships are friendships and family. You have a good working relationship coming towards you that is going to teach you a great deal about expressing yourself in the moment because you have a tendency to stew and it will come out at inopportune times. And even though you have a really good balanced like approach to your physical body now and emotional management, you're still struggling with expressing your emotions at a time when it really means the most, meaning when you don't have good back and forth in personal relationships because a part of you retreats and like, it's almost like you lose your words or something. Um, That's spot one, on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seven of wands in the upright is a card of overcoming adversity with the four of pentacles in reverse, which is about opening your heart space. And then the Page of Wands in reverse. Hey, dude, we need to get you working on your sacral chakra, your root chakra. Um, You don't know how to handle your frustration and you engage in activities that are not always going to be practical, like exercising, like jumping into an ice bath. When what you really need to understand is that you're bringing things to the table from a fear-based place that you are repeating a pattern, particularly with your son, and that the way to get around that is to start talking to him about how he's feeling and what's making you angry. Why are you frustrated? And it will start tapping you into your own ability to express yourself in the moment, which has held you back in most of your personal relationships. If you start applying that, you'll have a much better outlook on that. Queen of Swords in reverse is facing a difficult truth. Chariot in reverse, three of swords in the upright, ace of wands in the upright. Um, it also looks like you hold back in personal relationships out of a fear of continued heartbreak. Remember, the past does not repeat itself. When you change, you change your outcomes. If you heal your internal energy, it gives you a better outcome. It looks to me like you very much fear your temper because you had reactive people around you when you were younger. And that is a big part of the reason that your ability to verbalize kind of shuts down when you're in a confrontation and you don't know how to express yourself fully, which is not something that you normally struggle with, but you absolutely do in interpersonal connection. And it is go and look back at the exchanges that you saw growing up. And you're actually, it's related to a fear that you will start repeating a pattern because only you know that you actually have a fairly bad temper and i don't like that's not an accusation it's just you have that big energy in that area you have big energy in all of your areas but you fear the outcome of your expression of your ability to express what's frustrating you like you, 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 the way you do it right now is to try and hold it back and to apply something like a nice bath or running or a good meal, but you need to learn how to verbalize something in order to get the more productive outcomes in all areas of your life. It also looks like you're a little bit frustrated by, Hey, I put all the damn work in. Where's all the success it's coming to you, but it's waiting for that part to come online. Please remember that success is actually far more stressful than people believe it to be. I just got blossoming abundance from the energy deck, which is more coming to you. Can I get more for Jay, please? With the healer of the ages, which is, um, that's literally what you need to heal your energies in order to have a more balanced output in your interpersonal connections. And dude, you have way too much of a tendency to define yourself by your professional outcomes. That does not, that's not what gives you your worth. Your human soul does. And you need to learn to express yourself by interacting with your son, which again, as you're teaching it, it's almost like the information about what you need to learn will come to you. Okay. How old is your son? You.
0: Uh, he just turned six in March.
1: That's perfect. With rest and rejuvenation. <laughs> Boy, you have a hard time giving yourself permission to just pause. And happy family, you just do like you're like you you have that like don't take this personally, it's never an insult. If you have not figured this out, I'm super super direct. you have a tendency to become agitated when you don't have something to do. when you're like you feel like something is always chasing you to the next thing and that is the thing that you need to conquer in order to have the success that you actually work very, very, very hard for. but you've been wondering it's like when's everything gonna pay off? When it can pay off in a way that won't hurt you, and you haven't figured out how to deal with negative emotions in this course, you only know how to do it from an internal place, and that's what's been holding you back. Okay.
0: Got it. All right. Yeah. Um, the questions, for me, sir. <laughs> no, it's just, like speed uh... therapy.
1: When I like the, now, do I do predictive tarot one hundred percent? But the thing is, is that everything I just told you. Well, if I give you a predictive read and I can do that, and I do that like almost all the time when I talk to people, it's just going to tell you what's coming up and you can, with your anxiety, tendency towards anxiety, you'll dread it. If I tell you what you need to heal so that every moment that you face, you're your strongest and most aligned self, then you quit caring about what's coming up because you believe in your ability to handle it as it comes up. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Can I be saved?
1: Can you be saved? 100%. From your own little inner demons. Yes, but it's going to be a battle for you because you are an overthinker. You're that little bit brighter than a lot of people, which remember that's your genetics and it's felt very distancing. It's been hard for you to get truly really close to people because you feel like you can only ever give them about 70% of you. And if they knew the other 30%, they would just think you were crazy. And it isn't that you're crazy. It's that your mind goes a little bit more quickly than other people. You suffer from racing mind quite frequently. And even though you don't like to slow down and meditate, learning how to do so through training wheel meditation, which is where you literally exercise first to spill off that ex- energy and then find a cool place to sit down. You need to be physically comfortable. And then just you count the inhale as one and then the exhale as one. So you go one, one, two, two, and you go up to 10 or 11 if you prefer the 1111 11, for spirit guide messages and you set a number of times you will do that to start learning how to meditate because you don't meditate for beans you like you're you're like is it doing anything <laughs> can I get up yet and what you need to do is start with like I'll do this for two iterations of counting up to 10 I'll do this for three I'll do this for five You need something because you have an overactive mind to focus your mind upon. And the rote activity of counting is what you need to help get yourself into a state of receptivity. Start trying that, Jay. You'll get up feeling better because that's the only thing that still plagues you is that sometimes it almost feels like there's a rabid wolverine on the back of your neck. Like you're really like, ah, it's almost like being electrocuted. And the way to do that is not to, what you do is you go towards an activity. And what you need to learn is to how to be still.
0: So true throughout my whole life. I tell you, I've I've always jumped from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing.
1: And like I said, you know, when we're off of here, I'll send you a couple of recordings that will start learning, help you learn how to bounce. And again, it's free stuff because I really do believe in that, but that like start listening to that, put it on while in headphones while you're running and see what a difference it makes because it's going to be difficult for you, but that's the hurdle you need to clear is not doing more, but learning how to do less. Because it's a state of, if you're constantly moving forward, nothing can take root.
0: You have to that, learn how to pause. Okay. Okay? That makes sense. The way you just worded it right there, just hit home.
1: All right. <laughs> okay. yeah. Any other questions for me, dude?
0: No, there's a lot to absorb there. Um, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. And I can, I can just tell that you love what you do. Like, this is you. You are you. You know who you are. I your do true love
1: I love, I love what I do because if people, it's like people are missing a puzzle piece to themselves and what I do helps them find that piece. And like I said, they put it into place and suddenly they feel whole and it isn't like, again, tarot can be used for multiple things, but I've found the best use of it is in helping people understand themselves and what they need to heal because you can get the best tarot reading in the world where it's, you're going to meet a guy named Sam and he's going to have brown hair and like it, it can do that. It absolutely can do that. But that's just one instance in an overall life. And it will always miss things in a predictive capacity. If you heal, you can a count on your own intuition to help guide you. And then when the unavoidable, like kind of tumultuous quality of life comes towards you, you will be able to handle it in a way that your, your outcomes just improve the way you feel improves and you'll let things go more easily because you struggle with that as well. And honest to goodness looks like you're, you're like, it's almost like you, it's not that you're waking up tired. It's that you're waking up feeling like something's chasing you sometimes. And that thing is you.
0: I got a lot to work to do on myself. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think things should, should come easy. Like, if you, if you want to make a change, uh, most cases it's going to be difficult. So, please yeah, understand to...
1: that there is no arrival point in healing. You don't hit a day where you're healed. You yeah. hit a day where you understand yourself enough that when the challenges of life, because we need challenges to grow. When we talk about manifesting and prosperity and abundance, please remember for anything to be abundant, it must blossom for anything to prosper. It must grow. That includes you. And if you want to start, if you want to have the healthiest garden, figure out what your, you know, garden's blight is, meaning what's holding it back.
0: And what we were I think talking you about. Make t-shirts. You have like great, great quotes. <laughs> if you, you make a t-shirt with like some place. of those quotes, I'm buying it. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that is awesome and good to know. If you solve your problems, you can slay your dragons. And that's what we're all trying to do.
0: Elaine, how could people find you?
1: You can find me at attherisingmoon.com uh, to book a tarot card reading or a life coaching session with me. You can please check out my podcast, Logical Magic, Examining Esoterica. If anything is bothering you, the chances that Jacob and I have already done an episode on it are high. And if it's not there yet, it's likely coming. And then uh, my YouTube channel is Cronecast, not Chromecast with an M, but Cronecast with an N like Nancy at the rising moon and you can find there's a healing playlist there and there's recipe for some magic things. And there's also a learn magic playlist that will teach you how to clear your space, how to protect yourself. And that salt bowl that I mentioned earlier, I have a video on how to do that too.
0: Elaine, thank you so much. You're such a genuine person. This was an awesome podcast. Thank you so much for doing this and spending time with me.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and thanks to your listeners for indulging the Pace at which I speak. Of <laughs> As I, I mean, nobody's going to mistake me for a Texan. I say, you know, I open my mouth and 800 words.
0: <laughs> everyone, listen, go check out Elaine. Uh, Elaine, again, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure having you here. And everyone at home, goodbye.